The following sermon was delivered by Associate Pastor, Reverend Werner Ramirez, in the Sanctuary of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. We welcome you to worship with us every Sunday, in person or on live stream. For details, go to FAPC.org. And now, here is Reverend Ramirez. Now, I love nicknames. Some people hate them, but I love them. Ashley, I call Smash. Pastor Scott Black Johnson calls Dr. Jackson Skippy. I have a variety of nicknames. People call me Wernie, Wern Dog. My Abuelito Chaco, when he first laid eyes on me, he said, I'm going to call him Chiriping. Literally made up that word on the spot. And my family in Guatemala still calls me Chiriping or Chidi for short to this day. Now, Baby Jesus doesn't have nicknames per se, but throughout scripture, there are a variety of names that Jesus is called. In this Advent and Christmas season, we have been looking at some of those names here at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church, like Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And today on Christmas Day, we look at Savior. In the past lesson that we read, we heard, do not be afraid for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you, born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. So what is a Savior? The dictionary simply states that a Savior saves from danger or destruction, or one who brings salvation. So can anybody be a Savior? Or is Jesus a specific kind of Savior? Let me share two examples of people who have been considered a savior. First, Cyrus, the Persian ruler, was considered by Israelites a savior for delivering them out of exile and Babylonian rule and letting them go back to their own land. You see, for years the Israelites lived in ruins and exile while watching the Babylonians take the best of their land and people. So they hoped for a savior to save them. And Cyrus was that person. In fact, some people believe that these passages in Isaiah that we read in Advent and Christmas about a Savior being born are not about Jesus, but about Cyrus. For the Israelites in that time, Cyrus was a Savior. Who else can be considered a Savior? Let's talk about Lionel Messi in the past World Cup. I know it's pretty basic of me to talk about soccer on Christmas Day, but I'm still beaming from last week's game. Argentina had not won a Men's World Cup since 1986, the year that I was born. For 36 years, they have been patiently waiting to lift the World Cup once again. And Messi had been predicted to be a savior for Argentine soccer for almost 16 years. And in 2014, they were this close. They made the final, but ultimately lost against Germany. In Argentina, football, soccer, is an unofficial religion. They had been waiting for a savior, and the one predicted to do so had not been able to do it. Yet, in one of the best matches ever, Lionel Messi led Argentina to a World Cup last week, and the savior of Argentine soccer was lifted up in glory. Millions of people flooded the streets of Argentina in joy. A party in Times Square happened last week. Strangers hugged each other. There were tears of joy. And 
I'm a messy fan. I'm not going to lie to you. I shed some tears as well. Some fans even showed up to Messi's grandmother's house and chanted, Es la abuela de Messi, es la abuela de Messi, which translates to, she's the grandmother of Messi. She's the grandmother of Messi. Messi, a savior for Argentine soccer, was worthy of their praise and apparently his grandmother too. Okay, so Jesus, what makes baby Jesus a savior? The interesting thing is that Jesus does not fit the profile of a savior. When you think of a savior like Cyrus, you think of a military person with an army. You think of somebody with power. But Jesus, well, he was poor. He was a refugee, an immigrant. And he was born in Bethlehem, but he was from a bad town. He was from Nazareth. Nathaniel in the Gospel of John chapter 1 when hearing that the Messiah has come from Nazareth, says, can anything good come from Nazareth? Jesus was perceived as weak. His disciples and followers were a ragtag team of fishermen, tax collectors, women, and other people that other rabbis would not let follow them. The other rabbis, followers, and disciples were considered the best of the best. Yet Jesus let anyone follow him. And this poor immigrant refugee from Nazareth is the same person that in the Christian church we believe to be the savior of the world. Because we also believe that this child is also the God who dwelled among us. The one whom we believe not only forgives us of our sins, but is also the one that in solidarity is in our struggles and sufferings. And at the same time is working to redeem this world. You see, Jesus is the kind of savior that we do not necessarily want, but desperately need. It's no secret that we are living in scary and rough times. And last week we had a children's Christmas pageant. There was hay all over the floor, and these reporters, these, these little kids portraying reporters, came to tell the big story of Jesus. And one of the reporters said, I've been reporting on such bad news, like the virus and inflation. I needed to report on some good news. And the kids were right. We are in desperate need of good news. And our Savior comes in ways we did not expect. In Jesus' time, they expected a Savior like Cyrus, who would take down the Romans with the sword and deliver them from that empire. And today we probably expect a Savior who looks like a politician, who is poised, well-spoken, and maybe delivers on promises made to fix the country. That's what we want. But is that what we fully need? Politicians may be able to solve inflation, but who is going to save us from greed? Politicians may be able to solve problems with health insurance, but who is going to save us from loneliness and despair? Politicians may be able to put laws in to prevent structural racism from action, but who is going to save us from the hurt of racism that we have experienced or caused? Now call me an optimist, but especially on Christmas Day, I truly believe that the Christ child comes to save us in the ways that we truly need and works through us to make it happen. 
The Christ child comes to save the poor and the oppressed from their physical hurt, but also their emotional hurt. The Christ child comes to save us from our shame and our brokenness by sending the Holy Spirit to sit with us in our darkest of times. The Christ child saves us from the pain we cause ourselves and others by reminding us that we are loved and that others are loved as well. We're not fully there yet because we know the feeling of pain all too well. But the Christ child, the Savior, brings us hope that one day we will get there. And we get glimpses of that when we see redemption in the world. I got a glimpse of that last week when I saw, not last week, two days ago, when I saw a stranger take off her scarf and hand it to a person who was shivering on the cold streets. I see glimpses of that in places where people are truly working for racial reconciliation and reparations. I see glimpses of salvation in the parishioners celebrating an anniversary of sobriety. I see a glimpses of that in our deacons visiting the sick and homebound. And yes, I even catch a glimpse of it seeing soccer fans embrace strangers with joy and participating in a party as if they were family. Friends, the Christ child is at work. The Savior is at work among us. It's as the Christmas carol goes. Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease. We hope this sermon has been meaningful to you and given you a measure of hope, encouragement, and good news. If you would like to make a donation to support this audio ministry, please visit fapc.org give. Thank you and blessings to you on this day.